Thank you, Jesus. Well, we've been looking at the shield of faith uh, and based on the fact that we were looking at the armor of God. And uh, if we would, we could just turn over to Ephesians because we haven't done this in, I don't know, I can't remember when we did it last. It's been so long since we had church. and I mean, we had didn't have church Sunday night, and we weren't here last Wednesday night, so when we did this, we don't remember. But anyway, we want to finish it and make sure that our shield of faith is in, completely in place. Ephesians 6, 19 talks about the shield of faith. And he says, uh, um, no, not Ephesians 6, 19. Ephesians 6, though, um, 16. Wrote down the wrong scripture. Above all, taking the shield of faith. But he gives us a, several things in our armor there. He tells us about having our loins girt about with truth. having That's the word of God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. That's bought in the redemption. That was bought for us in redemption. Having our sheet, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There again we have the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith. That bought for us in our redemption. Wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and that would there we could talk about all the benefits of the new birth which we will do in the days to come and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God so we have three pieces of the armor that are the word of God three pieces of the armor are pieces that were bought for us in our redemption amen and we're to have them on and we're to have them on securely in other words we're to be aware we're not to just be, like Pastor said Sunday, knowing we're going to heaven and that's enough. No, we'll never have victory here on earth if we live like that. We'll be defeated Christians, won't we? Hallelujah. Lots of defeated Christians out there. I was one of them. You know, I was a defeated Christian. I, was a, I loved God. You can love God and be defeated. I loved God and I was a faithful Christian. Faithful with all the light I had. Didn't have much light, but with the light I had, I went to church. That was about all the light I had. And so I went to church pretty often, mostly three times a week, except every once in a while, kind of like something most Baptists are, you know. And, uh, and I did that. But anyway, I uh, was a defeated Christian. Didn't know how we were defeated financially as farmers, and we were defeated uh, uh, with our... We had sick kids all the time. We had one sick kid all the time, just had one at that time. Eric got in on the glory days. We were already filled with the Spirit and... Hallelujah. He's what you call a thoroughbred. Hallelujah. He's been there, you know, since, or that's what we used to say in Christian school. If you went from K through 12 in Christian school, you were a thoroughbred. And uh, you got any thoroughbreds in here? No, no thoroughbreds? Okay, that went. Okay, hallelujah. Anyway, so anyway, we were filled with the Spirit the whole time. But we were defeated when Colin was a baby. Defeated? We were. We were defeated. And, he, and so he was sick all the time because, we, because of our mouth mostly. You know what we confessed? Not because he was in ill health, really. It's just that, you know, we fretted and worried and over every little thing and, you know, and confessed bad over every little thing and ran to the doctor and believed everything he said and took everything he said. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, we, were, we didn't have on our armor. We were Christians without our armor on. Amen. So we want to have our armor on, and one of the pieces is the shield of faith. We've been talking about faith, and we've been going through the scriptures, mostly just finding uh, out that faith is not something we have to earn or we have to work at getting, but that it was bought for us in the new birth. Now, that changed my life and when I got that revelation because I 
after I did get the victory, when Colin was about three, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we got the vic- we started getting the victory. Amen. Got the victory in our finances. Got the victory in his life as far as health was concerned. Got victory in our life as far as health. And got some joy about us. Hallelujah. And started enjoying our salvation. And couldn't wait to get to church every Sunday. Couldn't wait to hear the word. Gotten the, got the word of God. Started understanding the word of God for the first time. You know, it became light to us. And we, we, lo- we loved it and enjoyed it. And have been ever since, but uh, didn't understand about faith and got better revelation on that. You know, the Bible says that revelation is progressive. It teaches us or shows us that revelation is progressive. And, you know, the Bible says the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until, you know, the closer we get to Jesus, the more light we'll have to Jesus coming back, Jesus the rapture. The more light we'll have, the better we'll be able to see things. And, you know, I've noticed even in the last three years, there's so much more light. You know, things I used to read in the Word, and and it was kind of vague to me a little bit. There were areas that I didn't see. You know, Book of Romans was one of those books that I would like, you know, kind of struggle through. I've just been reading Romans the past month, and it's just so light. It's so easy to understand. See, when you interpret Romans in the light of the new covenant instead of interpreting it, see, we were always, we were saved Baptists and are saved even spirit-filled Christians trying to walk under the legalism of the old covenant in the past, way past, but in the past, you know. And when you start interpreting Romans in the light of the new covenant, then you can understand Romans 8, 1, that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But, you know, we had always believed and heard, preached, because we believed it. You know, well, there's, there's, if you sin, there's condemnation. Well, you know, so we lived under a load of condemnation. But we don't anymore. Amen. Praise God. So having on the shield of faith, not having to work at having faith, but knowing we got it at the new birth. You've got faith inside of you. You've got the God kind of faith residing on the inside of you. We've talked about in the past that the law of faith, that faith is a law. The Bible speaks of the law of faith, and that law works 100% of the time just like gravity. Uh, And we talked about that faith is the ability to believe God's Word to the point that the Word of God is the only thing you will act on. we got to grow, don't we? You know, where we're not moved by what we see, we're not moved by what we feel, we're only moved by the Word of God. Where this is what we're basing our life on. We're sold out to it. We don't believe any other report but this report. We used to sing a song, Whose Report Will You Believe? I always kind of like that song. Whose report will you believe? We have to decide. You know, you got some, eventually you'll come to a crossroads and you'll have to decide are you going to believe that report? Because the world's got a report. The world's got a report. The doctor's got a report. The pharmacist has a report. The TV has got a report. You know, they, it, it's like the news is when they advertise medicine. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? That there's more medical advertisements during the news. The news is what we watch. And that's when they advertise. And the, so the TV has a report. Even on the news, they've got the, you know, the Brookside Minute and the, or whatever, the Brooks, whatever, you know, that hospital up there. And in West Texas it used to be Dr. Red Duke from the University Health Science Center and wherever. And we had to, you know, and he would give us the bad report every night. You know, what you've got. 
and you know but we have to decide whose report we're going to believe hallelujah amen uh, faith does not deny the existence of sickness failure poverty or lack but faith does deny its right to exist it's right to exist in our life faith denies the right for it to rule and reign and exist in our life in Romans 10 17 you know Romans 10 17 says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God we know that a more accurate translation is faith is activated by hearing and hearing by the word of God the Hudson translation says so faith arises by hearing and hearing insinuating it's already in there it just arises the New English translation says faith is awakened by the message so faith can lie dormant in us un until we act. Faith lies dormant inside of us until we act. And then when we act, that's when we really start believing. Amen? Or that's when, that's when it becomes belief. Faith acted upon always brings us the victory. Faith, there's always an act to faith. There is always an act to faith. Everything you're believing for, there will be an act to it. Sometimes the act of faith is not saying anything. Sometimes the act of faith is making a confession. Sometimes the act of faith is doing something. Many times things that I've asked the Lord for, he's, I, He doesn't immediately, but you know, maybe two or three services later, He'll ask me, now sow a seed. Sow this seed for that. Or may, and sometimes He gives me specific seeds. Like recently I was praying and He told me a specific seed to sow for a specific harvest something I'd been believing for for years hallelujah but he says you know you can tell it's time for it to happen when he starts telling you what to act on what to do but there's always an act and when we're believing for something and we are in faith about something we just meditate on that and we just stay open to God until the Holy Spirit will be faithful to show you what the act of faith is sometimes the act is to to get up out of the wheelchair you know when Peter and John said uh, he they told the man they said to, to take up your bed and then he he wasn't healed when he started having to move and move and start taking up that bed brother Hagen laying on the bed of sickness and when he was 16 years old and and uh, with three incurable heart diseases and paralysis in his body and uh, he got a revelation let me tell you something you don't need but one revelation to get your prayer and to get your need met you just need one revelation that's all you need and you know what once you get that one revelation it will work for you over and over and over and over and over again brother Hagen is still working Mark eleven twenty three and 24 because back when he was 16 years old that was the revelation he got that he got a revelation of believe that you receive when you pray and you know he is laying there on the bed of sickness and he, he was you know he had meditated that several days and he had begun to see it and he began to get that revelation of it and then the Holy Spirit said what did he say? He said something to the effect of uh, what are well people doing at 10 o'clock in the morning? Well they're up and dressed aren't they? They're not laying on the bed well people aren't laying on the bed and so he, he knew he had to get up but he was paralyzed and he drug himself and it took several, I forget how long he takes, maybe an hour. I mean, it took a long time for him to drag himself up on a bedpost. You know, he, wasn't, he, he didn't get the revelation, get healed and jump out of the bed. No, he jumped out of the bed. And then when, that's when strength came, began to come into his body. Amen.
So there's always an act of faith. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it is they're not acting on their faith. They're believing, they're confessing, but they're not acting on their faith. And you, there's always an act. You know, a lot of times people are believing for finances, but they're not acting. But first of all, we tithe. That's an act of faith. We give offerings. That's an act. And then we do whatever else God tells us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's different for every, you have to, we have to have a Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We've got an individual God. I can't say, well, look, that's how Kevin did it. I think that's how I'll do it. Actually, I've tried that. When you're a baby Christian, you always go to some meeting and hear somebody say that, and you think, I'm going to do that too. You know, somebody one time, the Holy Ghost said, now throw your glasses away. But I bet there's been a lot of people driving down the road and threw their glasses out and have to pray their way home and go to the optometrist the next morning, go to lens crafters and get a new set. Because if the Holy Spirit don't tell you to, that's not your act of faith. Amen? For what you're believing for. Amen. Hallelujah. And He won't tell you to do anything until you're ready to receive. You know, sometimes you have to... Uh, press in as far as you know sometimes we think we're in faith now I'm kind of getting off but I'm teaching you something but it can be hope instead of faith because I heard somebody say this one time hope is a good waiter hope is a hope will wait and wait and, saying praise God I know God's a healer praise God I know I'm going to get healed praise God I know he's going to heal me one day hope there are people that have waited for 60 and 70 I mean hope is a great waiter hope is the best waiter but hope is not faith and hope won't get you healed Hope will just wait and wait and wait and wait. And if you've been waiting a long time, chances are, and the Holy Spirit will have to show you, because sometimes there is a weight of faith, but if you've been waiting a long time, there's a good chance it's just hope, it's not faith. And what do we do about that? Well, we begin to investigate our own faith, and we begin to give ourselves a checkup from the neck up and see where we're thinking wrong. You know, you can be a half turn off in faith and it not work. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have, to, we have to make sure. The Bible says examine yourself to see if ye be in faith. Hallelujah. Because see, faith is not hoping. Faith knows. Faith knows. And you know, I've been on both sides. When I was hoping, you've been there too. When you, were, you, you, you thought you were in faith, but you was really just hoping. But I've been there when I knew that I knew that I knew. I've been on that. I, I know. I've been there. Many times I've been there when I knew. I knew. And I want to tell you something else tonight. I got this by the Holy Ghost this afternoon. If you're believing for something and you don't have a scripture, a specific scripture, a rhema word to you, you hadn't even gotten near faith yet. I'm not talking about slapping Philippians 4.19, oh my God supplies all my need on every scripture, on every pro that is not a, That is not God's raiment to you. He can do better than that. He can do better than that. And you have to search the word. 
And you have to go to God and, and you begin to look in the Word and you begin to read the Word until you find that Word that you, that God, that man, I tell you, you can hang on. I know when we were, before we left Texas, God gave me Psalm 105. I think it's verse 37, but I'm not positive, but it's Psalm 105. Where it says, he brought them forth with silver and gold and there was none feeble among their tribes. I got pretty excited about it. I'm like, wow, man, I'm going to Alabama. That must be the land of promise. We're going to have silver and gold when we get there. He brought them forth with silver and gold and there was none feeble among their tribes. Well, you know what? You can have a scripture like that. God will give you a scripture like that. And that, this is why it's so important to have a scripture. Because it'll draw and pull you through all the negative circumstances in the world. You can just hang on to that one scripture. And it'll just pull you right through the situation. Because when we came to Alabama, told you we came with $3,000. And it took 1200 of that to pay for the U-Haul or something like that to get here. And uh, plus, we're buying a house. Uh, plus, we had to rent uh, a, a suite at the Rhyme Gardens for $1,000 for a month to live in. And uh, uh, plus, we got a $690-something a month payment on a Suburban. Well, $3,000 isn't much. How many of you know? Plus, we all really like to eat. You know, we just all are real partial to that. And, um, and uh, we didn't know anybody in Birmingham to bum off of. And, uh, hallelujah. So, uh, you know, we were fixing to encounter some times that will try your faith. That would try your mind anyway, you know. But you just hung on that scripture and that scripture just, there's something about the word of God. When you have a rhema from God, it'll just pull you through. It'll just pull you through every negative circumstance. So we just kept saying. We didn't just say it every once in a while, James. We said it, I, we said it multiple times a day. Well, thank God you're bringing us forth with silver and gold, and there will be none feeble in our tribe. And then six months after we got here, symptoms hit my body. Mostly, I realize now from all the stress that I had encountered, not just financial stress, that was the least of it. It was the stress of leaving family, the stress of being in a big city. That stressed me. You know, when you come from 2,500 and three stoplights to they're whizzing around 459, you know, I mean, it just kind of freaked me out. You know, even the weather stressed me out. I'm not used to these clouds and this gloomy, steamy looking soup that's rising up from the ground. And <laughs> I mean, Lawrence knows. And it, I was just so stressed. My, it, it, my body was responding to that stress. And plus, you know, we're just like, what do we do with ourselves? Because, you know, in a little town on Friday night, everybody goes to the football game. Well, where would we have gone in Birmingham, you know? And so on Friday night, we're like, what do we do with ourselves? You know, you don't have any desire to go see Trustful play because you don't know anybody. And we didn't know to be for Alabama yet. They asked me when we moved to Birmingham. First thing, somebody said, who are you for? Alabama or Auburn? I said, Alabama, because I like maroon better than orange. <laughs> I made a wise choice, you know. I don't think, I mean, if you told me somebody was pastoring in Tuscaloosa and they were for Auburn, I would say, you know, when you, when you pastor in a city and God's really called you there, you love everything about that city. You, you, you couldn't, you... you they're not really called. I can tell you. 
They're not called here. If they, they're not. I don't know anybody. I'm just thinking there might be some. But, I mean, I'm not talking about just lay people, and you can be who for you want. But I'm talking about a minister called to a city. You sell your life for that city. And you, how could you root for tenant volunteers? You know, how could you? But I'd feel the same way about somebody that lived in Auburn and was called a pastor. They ought to kiss the ground of that city. They ought to love it that much. Amen. So, anyway, I didn't know any better because we were in Birmingham. And I hadn't even heard of UAB. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't even. So anyway, stress and, and all this. But that scripture just kind of, just, I just would say, thank you, Lord, you brought me forth with silver and gold. And there's none feeble in my tribe. I knew I couldn't stay where I was at because he had already told me the scripture. He had already given me the confirmation that I wouldn't stay there. And, of course, along the way, he gave me a whole bunch more confirmations. You know, he would speak to me daily from the Word of God or from what I was reading. He would give me, he gave me daily bread that would keep me pumped up and keep me, keep me focused off the symptoms. See, you've got to take your focus off your problem. That's why praying for others does so good because as long as you're looking at the problem, you're not in faith. See, you're in faith when, you, when, when the Word is bigger to you than the problem. You're not denying it exists, but it's just the Word's more real to you. You kind of can't believe it exists. God so, so uh, uh, told us what this church is going to be that we're shocked every Sunday morning. I come expecting five or six hundred members. I mean, because I know it so much on the inside. It's like when, you know, 55 show up, I'm like, that's weird. That feels weird because I can feel it. I can feel it. I can smell it. I can taste it. See, I know it. And so I'm not upset. See, faith is not ever upset. Faith is not ever sad or depressed. There's joy and, joy and peace in believing. Faith is not, not, not is peaceful. It is. It rests. Faith is at rest. Faith just knows. Praise God. This is all changing. Hallelujah. And faith is not worried about any kind of timetables because faith knows. Faith is not, well, well, it hadn't happened yet. I wonder how long. Well, God, if he had told me how long some things were going to go on, I would have bailed out many years ago. Because, see, you know, in faith, we always believe, well, it's tomorrow. If it's not tonight, it's tomorrow, you know. Amen. But faith's not really concerned about that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, when you're fretting, you're not in faith. And you've got to remember, nothing's going to move God but faith. So you're going to have to make an adjustment. You've got to start changing. And the only thing that's going to get you settled is the Word of God. You've got to have a rhema from God. You've got to have a rhema to know you're in the right place. You know, God gave us a rhema. He said when we were seeking Him whether to move over here, we'd already started the church. But our first original plan was to turn it over to somebody. That was Pastor Webb and ours plan. That wasn't God's plan, but it was Pastor Webb's plan and ours. We were in agreement. But we were going to start the church, turn it over to somebody. But, when we, but see, when we were living in Trustful, we were... Uh, the whole time I was there, I felt like I was on a vacation. I felt like I was at, at like a resort town or something. You know, when you're on vacation, you're not at home, are you? 
And so we started coming over here on Sundays, and we'd preach a service, and Pastor Webb furnished us a hotel for the afternoon because we were doing this all under the name of Word of Life Birmingham. And, uh, and so we'd go to the Best Western, check in after we ate lunch, and we were there maybe two hours or three, and we checked right out. And we just used the bedroom, you know, to change clothes, rest a little. They swam a little if we, it was summer. And so, but you know, it was so funny because we'd get here on Sunday and we'd feel at home. We'd be, it would be like we were home on Sundays and we were on vacation the rest of the six days. And we started noticing that. And women are really particularly seem like in tune with that. You know, I can tell when it's time for me to move, I'll be walking through my house and I'll feel like this is somebody else's house. This don't feel like my house. This is not mine. And uh, so, uh, uh, anyway, so, uh, what was I telling? I'll get there. I'll get there. Thank you, Jesus. It didn't feel like home. Okay. But it did, okay. But Tuscaloosa felt like home. So we began to pray and seek God about that. That's where I'm at. And the Lord spoke something to us. He said, move to Tuscaloosa, plant your family, and stay there the rest of your days. Well, so we could go through all sorts of trials here, and it don't matter. Listen, when the rapture comes, Debbie Bill, and I may be, I don't know what I'll be doing. You know, I may be traveling all over the earth, but home base is when Jesus comes back. I know. He said it to me. I know the voice of the good shepherd. Hallelujah. I'll be here. I'm going to be here when the rapture comes. So, so we can go through all sorts of trials, but that's pulling me through. That's pulling me through. You know, it pulls me through every situation, every circumstance. Amen? Now, that's not, that's not in the Word. That's a word. That's a rhema from the Holy Ghost. But it's just as much the Word of God as this is. But you have to be careful with those kind of words. Because you got to be submitted. You can't have an agenda of your own. You can't want what you want. You have to be where you are, uh, not my will, but your will be done. I don't care. And when I, God spoke that to me, that's where we were at. I didn't care. I was just as happy to leave this church and go plant churches, like the plant, go plant more churches. That's what we were going to do. Turn this one over to somebody and go plant some more. Amen? We might still do some of that. But home base. Home base is going to be Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa County. Amen? Amen. That word was in me so big, I couldn't, it's like I couldn't even look at a house in Northport. I didn't really understand when we first got over here that it's kind of like all the same, you know. It's like, nope, 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 Tuscaloosa. I got to be, <laughs> well, now I know it's all the same kind of, you know. But anyway, hallelujah. See, there, you got to have a word. You got to have something for your situation. And it'll pull you right through. Amen. So if you don't have one, then you're, you you got homework. you got to get in the Word. you got to read it till God speaks to you. you got to read it every day. got to read it in the morning. Read it at night. And you're, I, I always read the Word. I never just read the Word. For, I'm always looking for what God's going to say to me out of it. 
When I read any verses, it's like, what are you speaking to me? What are you, you going to say? And you know, there's some days that nothing particular jumps out. But there's lots of days he says something. He'll encourage my faith. You can tell it just something will leap up inside of you. Something will spark inside of you. It'll bring you joy. All of a sudden you're like, wow. And you know that's your rhema. And even it happens in sermons. The pastor will be preaching. There were times that I would hear, or on a tape, I would hear something and that would be my, my rhema for the day. That thing that would keep me going one more day. You need something that will keep you focused one more day. Keep you out of the mully grubs. If you ever get in the mully, do y'all have mully grubs here? Nobody knows what a mully grub is? Huh? Do you know what a mully grub is? Must be a Texas, Oklahoma thing, huh? Hallelujah. Mully grubs are when you're down in the dumps. You got the mully grubs. You're having a pity party. Or I've heard somebody say a pity pot. I think that was a Nebraska girl that said that. That sounds like Nebraska, doesn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God. Aren't you glad you didn't get called to Nebraska? Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, you don't know. You got called to the best place on earth. Okay, 1 John 5, 4. Let's turn over there. So we, we got some little talking about faith tonight. Hallelujah. It's so wonderful to walk and live by faith. It's not, I see, I used to be afraid of it. I was scared of it. I was afraid of it, but it, I mean, it's fun. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. It's victory. 1 John 5 14. Excuse me. Yeah, and this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So when we ask, we've got to make sure we're asking according to His will. Because this implies that if we ask out of his will, he don't even hear it. Don't listen. But if we ask according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. See, if we asked according to his will, he hears us. And once we know he's heard us because we know it's his will, we don't even have to wonder. He's not ever going to say no to his will. He's not ever going to say later to his will. He's going to say yes to his will. And you know, there's timing to things and stuff, especially when you get over believing for material things and stuff. God has to take us, you know, we can be ahead of his timing as far as our believing. But he'll also get us out there ahead of time, as long as you understand that. But people have gotten disillusioned believing for things, and they were out of his timing. But you aren't ever going to be out of his time in believing for healing. He's never going to put a delay on healing. He's never going to put a delay on anything that's, that was bought by the blood of Jesus. Anything bought by the blood of Jesus, there's no delay. He's not never going to say, well, now I need you to suffer about a year first. And it'll teach you something. No, he'll never say that. Amen? So if we know his will, uh, the word world there, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, let's look at another scripture. I guess the Lord wanted me to say that, but I was really going to 1 John uh, 5, 4. And I just, that one, I got this one marked and it jumped on me. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 
Now, the only thing that we have that's ever going to overcome the world is our faith. Amen? And that word world means world system. The world system of sin, sickness, poverty, failure, fear, lack, and shortage. There's only one thing that will overcome sin and sickness and poverty and failure and fear and lack and shortage is faith. There's nothing you can do about fear except faith. You can't tranquilize it. You can't take enough of that stuff they give. And you can't go to enough psychiatrists, psychologists. I don't care if they are Christian psychologists. The only, thing God, only reason God ever put a psychologist and a psychiatrist in the earth was to help the lost. He wants to help them as much as he can too until they start listening to his word. Amen. And so he'll use them to help them as far as they can. And some of them can help you a little bit. But the only thing that cures fear, the only thing that cures these things is faith. The only thing that will overcome is faith. So when we find ourselves fearing, what do we need to do? We need to make an adjustment and get back in faith. And we're constantly having to do that because fear is being dangled in front of our face 24-7 nearly. Right? Right? And, you know, there's lots of fear in TV shows and stuff. And people are just, it's normal to the world. They think you're weird if you don't fear. They think you're crazy if you're not afraid. And so sometimes if you're like me, do you ever find yourself reacting to something like the world would and then catch yourself and say, I don't have to fear that. I, I don't, I'm going to make an adjustment here. I'm getting back in faith over here because I don't have to react like that. I don't have to be in fear about that. You know, they come across the thing and say, well, there's a tornado bearing down on Tuscaloosa. For a minute, you're like, but then you think, no, I don't have to fear that. I have to make an adjustment sometimes, do y'all? I do, I have to. And because the only thing that's going to overcome, the only thing that's going to win is faith. If you're not in faith, you're subject to it. Is that right? Okay, and he says, um, who is he, verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to overcome the world. We're going to have dominion over the things of this world by the faith, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. The kind of faith, the kind of faith that will, we have the kind of faith that will overcome, change, and conquer the world system. Amen? We've got that on the inside of us. We've got the faith that will overcome, conquer, and change the world system. Hallelujah. It's the only thing that's going to change. We can pick at Montgomery, but the only thing that's going to change this is faith and prayer. Or prayer, faith-filled prayer. It's the only thing that's going to change anything. And you know, a lot of times people don't understand. Because well, I'm very strong about this. I mean, these things, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm mad about this. I'm strong about this. Well, it's like, well, why aren't y'all all in Montgomery then? I think somebody even asked me that, somebody from out of town, like, well, did y'all go? But, but I don't go, and it don't, but it's not any reflection. And the news media wants to interpret it like, well, nobody's really interested because nobody really showed up down there. Of course, they lied because they say a, thou a hundred showed up, and it was a thousand if you listen to... And it's been people coming and going. And so there's been lots more than that show up. But I don't feel led to go because, and I'm glad they're going. But if God spoke to me, I'd go. 
And I'm not against going, but I believe I can affect it more by prayer and faith. And so I'm in there with them in my prayers. Amen. And I know you are too. And I know if God said go, you'd go, wouldn't you? And he may say go sometime. And you'd be, and we'd be seeing you on ABC 33-4. And we'd say, well, there's Jonathan down there with his sign. You know? And we'd be happy. And we'd be for you. Or whoever else was there. But, you know, one reason people like us don't rise up as much is because we've been taught how to really affect it is in prayer. But we don't need to be diligent and just take our ease and watch uh, Little House on the Prairie while they're out there fighting the good fight of faith and we're not doing anything in prayer. We ought to be praying, shouldn't we? Hallelujah. Do y'all agree with that? Y'all are kind of like, oh, I put you in a stupor over that. Well, we got to, I thought I'd get a lot further. We inherited faith from our Father God. We inherited it at the new birth. We have this, we have this for who, whatsoever. He said how you get it right there. Whatsoever is born of God. When you get born of God, you overcome the world. Why? The, by overcome the world, even our faith. That overcometh the world, even our faith. So how do you get, oh, world overcoming faith? You get born of God. He that's born of God overcometh the world. You know what, family? We're going to overcome. We're, we're going to overcome. You're going to win in your situation. You're going to win. If you're going through a financial crisis, I can tell you, you're going to win. You might as well just cheer up and start laughing about it because you're going to win. You're going to make it through. If you won't faint, you'll make it. And I can tell you what, even though it don't feel fun right now, looking back, you'll think, that was kind of fun. Because that's how I feel about all my financial crisis. I've been through some big ones. And they weren't too fun because the flesh don't like it right when you're in it. But when your faith overcomes, you get, you know, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, man, that was fun. And it's the same when, with healing, when sickness. Oh, your flesh, you don't like it. You hate it. You know it's, you hate it because you know it's the devil. Don't sickness feel like the devil? But when your faith wins, you go, you know, that was kind of fun. You know, that was kind of fun, giving the devil a black eye. And see, one thing you need to keep in mind is uh, it's, this is just one day in all eternity. Sometimes we're like, oh, it's been three months. Give me strength. Three months is nothing. You've got to think about the eons of years and eternity is. And you, and you know, Job had a problem for... What was it, about a year, they say, I think. Nine months to a year, I think, they say. That Job had these terrible crises that Job went through. But what's a year? Nothing. Nothing. You'll realize, the older you get, the more you'll realize a year's like nothing. Amen? Hallelujah. What's five years? Nothing. Nothing, really. You live to be a hundred, and you're going to if Jesus tarries, which he's not going to, but if he did, you would. Or 120. What's five years? Nothing. 
When you're 60, you're just middle age. Hallelujah. Got my letter this week, today, from AARP. <laughs> you know, they send you the letter. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Huh? You did? You signed up? <laughs> you admitted it? I threw mine away. <laughs> she admitted it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to be okay. God's going to pull you through. You're going to make it. You're going to be victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's turning your, uh, he's giving you beauty for ashes. Amen. He's going to give, recompense you for the trouble you've been through. You know, after you get through the trouble, he'll pay you back for having gone through it. He'll bless you for having... He, he's so... God's blessed when you walk by faith. Amen. Everybody say this with me. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be victorious. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You really already are. You really already are. But your situation is going to turn. Your situation is going to turn for victory. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together. Well, we'll we're gonna finish this in the middle.